This is the Stop Time Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Hopkins, and I'm here to engage you in thought-provoking motivational conversations around practicing the art of living in the moment. I'm a certified life coach, and I'm excited to dig deep and offer insights into embracing who we are and where we are at. So there are countless obstacles to overcome when pursuing a career in theater. A global pandemic is not usually one of them. 31 Broadway shows have been dark since March 12th, suspended due to COVID-19. The shutdown will continue until further notice. So today I'm speaking with Maya Blaney. Maya is a 20-year-old singer, actor, writer, dancer, and performer from Montclair, New Jersey. She is currently a company member of Broadway's Jagged Little Pill and also has an up-and-coming solo career as a musical artist. Maya, welcome. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for agreeing to spend some time with me on Stop Time today. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's please. Nice to be here. <laughs> so if it's okay with you, I would just love to kind of jump right in. Yeah, of course. Okay, um, amazing. So listen, tell us about the moment on March 12th when you found out Broadway was shutting down. So I was actually in rehearsals for the show. Um, essentially, I had to go in for an immediate uh, position. So they were going to give me, I think, two weeks of rehearsals, and then I would have, and then I would have done the show. So we were really in a pretty hectic mode, and I was learning pretty much the staging or the choreography for like the first act of the show in one rehearsal. And during that rehearsal, I remember the choreographer and music director, um, well, the dance captain and the music director were kind of like talking in between, you know, us rehearsing the dance. And I'd sensed that there was something going on. Mm. And we were asked to all like sort of congregate to this room. Uh, And the stage manager got the entire company on the phone and basically told us that we would not be returning to the theater for another 30 days. Wow. And it, it was really, it was really that quick as well. It was, it was kind of out of nowhere that all of a sudden, um, it was, it was just that, that Broadway was dark. Wow. And so what happened next? Um, so we were sort of just excused for the rest of the day, obviously, because they couldn't keep us there. Um, and there were all these people that I had only just met that I had to say goodbye to and sort of be like, okay, I'll see you in a month, even though we only just met today. Uh, so it was very weird. I felt like I was definitely prematurely sort of stripped from the experience. Um, and I wasn't really sure what that was going to do, like how that was going to leave me in the company. Um, I knew I was a part of the company, obviously, even if the show wasn't running, but it felt weird because I hadn't yet established myself as a presence. Mm -hmm. Um, So there was just a lot of stuff up in the air about like, I felt a huge amount of like imposter syndrome. Um, Because I was like, what am I doing in this company? Nobody knows who I am. I swear I got into this, but um, nobody had met me really. And or they met me in passing or they'd heard of me. So it was, it was kind of weird, but everyone's, everyone's really welcomed me in, in this weird virtual sense um obviously we would have loved to have like seen everybody in person and meet them that way but considering the circumstances it's been above and beyond 
Yeah. Isn't that amazing? That's great. That's really wonderful yeah. to hear that, you know, but so, so are you saying that you had, that was your first rehearsal when this happened? That I think was my second or third rehearsal. Wow. So you were just at yeah. the beginning and you were so just focused. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. No, the day before I had been getting, you know, fitted for wigs and, and costumes and everything. <laughs> um, and then had been like seeing the show and taking notes every night. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it was literally the next day I'd come in, had learned all of the music like over the weekend for the show. And we were just learning, we were learning the choreo to, um, to All I Really Want, which is like the first major company number besides right. the Oscar. Right. Um, wow. And yeah, it was just like in the middle of that, they were like, stop the rehearsal. Um, <laughs> we all just get And we have no idea what's going on, but we don't think it looks good. Isn't that amazing? I bet that's yeah. something you'll never forget, that moment. It was crazy, it was crazy, yeah. yeah. Wow. So what was your first sort of thought when that happened? Honestly, I was really, really afraid about whether or not I would return with the show. Yeah. Um, because I initially auditioned for a temporary swing position. Well, not temporary swing, a temporary ensemble position. Um, one of the original castmates um, was on uh, medical leave. So I sort of went in for, for their track and was to do their part up until the point where they had, you know, ended their three months or whatever, or if less than, then, then my contract would be cut short, uh, you know, because of um, just, I was basically like the substitute teacher for this right. person. Right. Um, so my biggest concern was, wow, like I'm really about to, book my first Broadway show and then not even be able to do it. And I think that still is um, a very big concern for me as there is so much uncertainty in the air. Yeah. Um, but everyone in the team has been so incredible and honest. And I think they understand the gravity of the situation for everybody. Yeah. Um, they're not just seeing me as another actor they're seeing me as somebody who's like oh it's this young person who's about to make their broadway debut like if we can make that happen for her we really really want to yeah you know yeah. isn't that so amazing it, yeah it really really is because that's not what i was prepared for at all with mm. um how people told me that the industry would be like um yeah even, even just in in any classes that that i had taken it was very much like you, like nobody's going to accept any kind of BS. You have to be punctual. You have to be this, you have to be this, which is all true in terms of etiquette. But I think that there was a certain sense of humanity that I just assumed was non-existent in the business because of it. Mm. And I have been met with some of the most just like human people in terms of, you know, they're, they're like, we understand if, if now is a tough time to be responding to emails because everything's crazy, you know? Yeah. Isn't that amazing? You know, the discoveries yeah. you make, right? There's always, yeah, there's always definitely. learning to be had in, in every experience. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's perfectly, perfectly, like, you know, understandable that, you know, you would be like, wait, what? <laughs> 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 right? I mean, you're so focused. It makes, really, it makes such great sense. So, 
um, I love that you're able to sort of shift that sort of victim, the feeling of being victimized as we all have felt for, by COVID mm. for, you know, depending on what circumstance, um, you know, and, and, you know, you, that sort of idea that you assumed that, oh boy, you know, this is going to mean this and that and the other, but that you discovered right. otherwise. I mean, that's, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I love that. Definitely. Very cool. So what is your definition of living in the moment? Mm. Um, it's, it's funny because I think anytime I live in the moment, I'm never intentionally saying I'm living in the moment right now. <laughs> it's more so that there's just a period of where I'm, I'm just so in it. And then maybe like five minutes later, I'll be like, whoa, I was really living in the moment just then. Like I didn't even, I didn't even notice it, but I wasn't thinking about the future. I wasn't thinking about the past. I wasn't worrying about anything or or getting anxious or or building any sort of expectation around the future or anything. Um, it's just really existing. And I feel like that's a hard thing to do intentionally. It kind of just happens on its own. Um, so I, I guess it's just that. It's like an involuntary living. I don't really know how else to describe it. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like, you know, it's when you're in the flow, right? Where you forget yeah. to eat, you forget time, you forget everything, and, and you're like, well, yeah, if, you, yeah. if you could practice it, like if you could actually, because, you, you know, like sort of have the skills to be able to do that, mm -hmm. how, how do you think your life would be any different, your day-to-day -day life? Mm. If I could practice it in my day-to-day. -day. Yeah, like if, if you couldn't, like it's great that you can recognize it, right? Mm -hmm. So you've definitely experienced it. So I'm, I'm just curious to know if you were able to use it as a practice to figure out how to call upon it when you needed it, right. what that might look like or feel like. I think it would definitely have to be at a moment where I've allowed myself some kind of breath. Like I've allowed myself some sort of respite of saying, I don't have to do anything right now. I think that when I put a pressure on myself to be active, then my body will be active, but more importantly, my mind will be active mm -hmm. um, and sort of just starts racing and, and running over itself. And the times when I'm able to fully be present and calm are the, are the moments when I'm not asking anything of myself in that moment, I'm sort of just allowing it. So I, th I think if I was to do it every day intentionally, it would have to be a moment a day where I would say I'm not asking anything of myself right now other than to just breathe and exist mm -hmm. and that is it's crazy because it sounds so simple but it's actually <laughs> um, it can be it can be quite difficult <laughs> in the moment to do that yeah yeah of course it can I mean what factors would you say influence your ability to be or not be in the moment um, productivity and the feeling that I really need to do it that I need to be productive. Um, it's a, it's, a, I mean, we live in a society that capitalizes on our productivity that says you are a benefit to this society if you are constantly contributing to it. And I know that obviously for myself, but also I think for a lot of people, especially in this time, that it's our uh, ability to be productive has been extremely limited. And so in a way, psychologically we're saying oh i am no longer able to contribute as well to society and then there's all these things of being oh i'm now deemed as a failure i'm deemed as worthless because i'm not adding anything because i'm not giving anything to this to this society 
and it's it's really it's really harsh um, mindset to live in because then you're essentially saying to yourself me just living and breathing and existing is not enough because I have to be doing that in order to serve somebody else mm-hmm. um, and that has definitely been a really tricky thing to to navigate during this time it was already something that I had been navigating but especially now with it actually (laughs) actualized um, yeah um, in life of being like what would it be like if you were not allowed to go outside you weren't allowed to go to work and do all these things um I feel like that's always a hypothetical that I've toyed around with so to have it um be a real life scenario has been kind of trippy yeah Um, those would (laughs) be the things that would be getting in the way of of me living in the moment completely yeah yeah and and do you see you know what do you see any opportunities in in the rug being pulled out from you and and it actually happening where you know you're you're not able to tick those boxes that show that you're being productive I think it's been good for me because I know that I'm an artist and I'm gonna be an artist for the rest of my life (laughs) Um, so if anything, the lack of structure was a, was a good challenge. Um, because I know that as an artist, there's already going to be that lack of structure in just day-to-day life. And a lot of the onus is going to be on me to provide some sort of schedule, some sort of, um, like game plan for, for every day. And I'd, I'd come from like from school <laughs> and then gone to like a rigorous uh, work schedule. So I, I was so used to being like, this is where I have to be at this time during the, in the morning. So this is the time I have to go to bed at night. This is how much time I have to eat dinner or whatever. Um, so to then just be thrown into this like structureless life was very weird and uh, unsettling. Yeah. But I think that has definitely been, that has been the thing that has, that I've, I feel most proud of in terms of navigating because now I can say to myself, yes, I'm able to be, um, I'm able to do the thing without somebody telling me to do the thing. Wow. You know? Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. 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 Cause like, I, I feel like that's a, such a test. It's like, can you still be doing these things if there's nobody asking you to, mm-hmm. you know? Because then it's really like, have you been doing it because you feel like you should or because you genuinely want to? And I have been doing it. And obviously nobody's telling me to. I'm not paying anyone to do it. Nobody's paying me to do it. It's just out of a genuine love and 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 passion for it. Yeah. Which has been really, actually, if, if there was ever a positive lining of this entire situation, mm-hmm. um, that would be it. Well, yeah. and that's something that you can take with you right? I mean, yes. it's, it's something that you're learning about yourself that you can move forward with. And, really? and it makes perfect sense that when you come, you know, you've been in school your whole life, and then mm-hmm. you're stepping right into work and jobs and an industry where, you know, it's pretty clear what path, you know, what the sort of accepted path is for most people mm-hmm. to take and ticking off all the boxes. It makes sense that when suddenly there aren't any boxes at all, let alone, you know, the proscenium <laughs> or, or, you know, the, I mean, literally, I mean, you know, yeah. there's, everything has stopped and, right. you know, the systems that you've relied on, you realize have been pretty external based on external things. Yeah, definitely. But I love what you shared about, you know, learning that, Hey, I can, I, I can 
do this. I've got this. No, no one, you know, I love yeah. that. Yeah. That's, that's wonderful. Do you have any like specific strategies that you might share with the listeners? And, and if not, that's fine. I'm just curious. Like, is there anything in your daily practice that helps you? Well, I've, I've always, I've always just been somebody that wanted to do things that I love doing. <laughs> as, as simple as that sounds. I've always just wanted to do the stuff that I love doing. I've never wanted to be forced into something. Um, I remember when I was applying for colleges, I heard about all of these like peers of mine applying for schools that they didn't want to go to mm. just because they were like, but I have the grades for it. So I'll get in if I go, like if I apply here and then they get saddled into these schools that they, that they have no desire to go to. And I never right. wanted that to be how I saw my life. I never wanted my life to be something that I felt like I should do, even if I didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. So my mantra for, for every day is just to do whatever feels right that day and to do something that I want to do, because if I want to do it, I'm going to see it through. I'm going to do it with, with passion and, and I'm going to want to do it to the best of my ability. Um, and just sort of picking out whatever passion project that is on that day um, and allowing myself to do it fully. Um, and it's going to be different. Maybe one day it's making a really nice home cooked meal. And maybe one day it's doing a writing session, um, either by myself or with a friend over FaceTime. And maybe one day it's going through the entire score for Jagged, like, and making sure I have both tracks, um, because I'm uh, a featured ensemble member, but then I also am the Frankie understudy. So going through the entire soundtrack and, and making sure I still have everything you know, memorized and in my body, Um, whatever it is, just making sure that the thing you do is coming from such a genuine place of of want and love um, and just wanting to have something, you know, some a creative outlet for for anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Just figure, I think it's, it just comes from a place of asking yourself on that day, saying, what is it that I want to do creatively today? And then doing that, yep. it's so it's so simple, really. Um, but I think that a lot of the time when we get wrapped up in the should, um, we sort of limit ourselves and and limit our creative abilities because yeah. we're telling ourselves that we should be making the thing rather than making the thing that's already sort of circulating around in our head. And it's <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes yeah. sense. I, I, I often say that should is could with shame. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's a good one. I'm curious to know, obviously creativity is, is a number one value um, for you in your life, and that makes mm-hmm. sense. And I'm curious to know on the days when maybe you don't feel tapped into that creativity and you don't feel like being creative, how does that show up for you? How do you, how do you navigate that? Well, it's, it's definitely tough, and it's happened a lot. Um, obviously in, in, in this entire quarantine so far. And what I've found myself trying to do is to just be as forgiving and, and yeah, I mean, forgiving as possible really. Yeah. Um, and lenient with myself because I don't want to always push myself to come out of those stages of, of, of a lack of creativity. Um, because I'm like, they come and they come and they go, whether I'm in quarantine or whether I'm living 
life as, as I was however many months ago. There would always be those stages of, of feeling like, oh, I'm, I'm not really making the art that I want to be making right now, or I'm not as passionate as I want to be. Um, and those, those just, they, they come and they go. But I think especially now, um, trying to remind myself, okay, if, <laughs> if I am not creative during this time of being stuck in my house by myself, that makes sense. <laughs> and, and really trying to reinstate that for myself and, and being forgiving. Yeah. Um, because I think it, for some people it works to say, I'm going to come out of this with a, with a, like a magnum opus. And then <laughs> for a lot of, for a lot of other people, um, myself included, to just sort of alleviating that, that, that need <laughs> to create something during this time has actually been the best because then I'm making things just because I want to, not because I feel like I have to. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you said it. I mean, I, I love that, you know, the, the forgiveness and the, I mean, let's face it. I mean, you know, you can't force yourself to be creative, right? Yeah. That's yeah. coming from a place of judgment. You're not being creative enough and you're right. I mean, it's so easy to fall into that, like seeing, oh my God, so-and-so is getting a, you know, taking another degree and learning how to speak French and English right. and, and, right, taking, right, right. and yeah. it's like, whoa, and that's okay. Like no judgment, but right. you know, also yeah, learning to sort of just step away, as you said, and breathe and, mm -hmm. and not compare yourself because there's no good yeah. and bad if there's no comparison. Exactly. There, there just isn't. So true. so true. You know, and so, and, I, and I'm really hearing that, you know, creativity is, is your comfort zone and that it helps nurture you and heal you mm -hmm. and that you're ready to receive it when it's there. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So listen, although I'm sure it wasn't how you envisioned your debut <laughs> with, uh, with Jagged to be on like the live stream benefit event, what, what stood out for you most about being part of that experience? I, I don't I don't know it's kind of it's it's a little it's a little crazy to me to just um you know just be watching this like Broadway live stream and then I'm like oh there I am like, yeah <laughs> um yeah. it's a little it's a little cuckoo I'm not gonna lie uh, <laughs> definitely a bit of the imposter sy syndrome coming in as well as I am doing all of this stuff and then I haven't yet performed on the stage with with yeah. everybody so it's yeah. it's really weird like this is the stuff that I would be doing you know after I had been running the I had the show in my body for weeks or months even yeah um so it's such a it's such a weird timeline <laughs> um yeah it's pretty unique I, that's for sure <laughs> yeah, yeah but you know what I remember um Chris York uh my voice teacher uh I was talking to him during the entire audition process and, and he was really a like a wonderful guiding light for me the entire time. And he kept uh, reiterating the importance of seeing artists, you know, Broadway artists, um, professional, whatever. Um, he's like, they're people. Yeah. I think you're going to see them on screens and be like, whoa. And then you're going to meet them in real life and realize that they're just humans. Mm -hmm. um, and that was definitely something that, that stuck out to me. Um, and that soothed me the entire time because I would walk into these rooms, um, you know, not, it wasn't like I was constantly going on auditions uh, during school and stuff. So I wasn't seasoned to the point of just, oh, I could walk into a room with anyone and be fine. Right. Um, but having that 
having that sense of, oh, you know what? Everybody in here is just a human being. Everyone's just a person. Like they have dogs and relationship issues and parents, you know, or, yeah. or they have a, a favorite food or a food that they don't want to eat, you know, just stuff yeah. that's very much like this, this is a, this is a person. Um, and so I think what's really cool is that because I've had the time to meet everyone in the cast and the crew, we do like happy hours and on Fridays, which is really lovely. Um, I've gotten to see everybody as, as a person. Um, yes. and so when I see myself up on that live stream screen, I'm like, Oh, it's me, a person with other people who are all a part of this thing, which is really cool. I love that. Um, I and love it that. breaks yeah. the illusion in a way, mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't break the the beauty and the excitement of it. Not at um, all. No. Yeah. But then yeah. at the same time, I, I can still tap into like my middle school self. <laughs> where I would see it and be freaking out and be like, oh my God, it's like people on Broadway. Like, this is crazy. Totally. Um, but now there's definitely more of a sense of, of just grounding with it. Yeah. And it sounds like, you know, um, you know, it's funny because but your first thought going back to when you shared about, you know, when you were in, you know, your second or third rehearsal and everything kind of ended, that mm -hmm. you, you, that imposter syndrome came up for you. And it's interesting because it's sounding like not so much anymore now that everyone's kind of, you're realizing we're all human and we're all experiencing this together. Right. Yeah, for sure. It's it, nobody could have planned for this. Nobody could have expected this. Um, and nobody knows what's happening or what exactly. will happen. No, that's um, right. Yep. I mean, very much just equalizing. Like everyone's really in the same boat. Yep. Yeah. And you know, everyone, everything feels, you know, a little out of, out of our control, a lot out of our control right now, no <laughs> doubt. Right. But, but yeah. what we can control is how we choose to feel and be in each moment. Definitely. You know, Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so what do you know will be true about you no matter what happens? So say Broadway never comes back and, and you have to, you know, you know what I mean? Like, just like, mm -hmm. what, what can no one take away from Maya, no matter what? That I'm constantly going to be searching for happiness um, in my daily activities of, of just life. <laughs> I'm always going to be creating because that's what makes me happy. I'm always going to be meeting people and connecting with humans because that's what makes me happy. I'm always going to be saying yes to things and, and opportunities, no matter if they seem like they're in my right path or not. Um, I think there's just a gut instinct that I carry with me everywhere I go. That is just going to be going to be present for the rest of my life because that gut instinct is always going to be leading me towards what is probably going to be the most remarkable chapter that I could have had in that moment. And as long as I follow that gut, um, the best possible thing that could happen will happen. I think the circumstances will change depending on what is possible, but if it is possible, I think it will happen. So trusting the process, right? Oh yeah. For sure. Yeah. And it's very powerful. And, and it's interesting because you did say in there, and I love that you said that, and I want to point it out. Um, I think I heard you say, I'm going to say yes, even if I know it might not necessarily be what I, what I want to do, you're going to give it a chance, basically, is what I was hearing. Tell me um, just a little bit more about that. I'm curious about that. Yeah, um, 
I think that there's definitely there are this idea of like a linear path. Like let's say for for musical theater, for example, mm-hmm. that you graduate high school and then you've applied to all of these schools for musical theater. Hopefully, you get into a school for musical theater. Um, you get into this program. You do the fo- the four year program. You move to New York and then you audition your butt off and then it's gonna be really really hard <laughs> and then, you know you book something you book something and then you book you know your breakout role uh after like a year or so you do the thing you figure it out and then after that it's sort of just like either you keep doing it or you don't do it at all I feel like that is the musical theater linear path or right. at least what I had been taught I see um and I knew that I didn't want that for myself. I knew that I didn't want to have an expectation of what my career would look like because as soon as I had an expectation, I would get disappointed because I would say, oh, well, it's not, it's not living up to what it should be because by now I should, have, I should be in my like, grueling audition process phase. <laughs> totally. I should be in my four-year program phase. Like, what am I doing? It's like, oh, it says on the calendar that I should be really Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it says on the calendar that by May of next year, I should have booked a Broadway show. Yeah. So I knew that I didn't want that for myself. And that's yeah. why I kind of went in, I went into school being like, I'm going to do musical theater, but I'm also going to do music. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that when you, when you sort of release yeah, when you release the expectation <laughs> and you just allow yourself to not be following a linear path, to just be moving with intention and with gut instinct, um, whether it seems like it's what you should be doing or it seems kind of like out of left field, but at the same time, there's that, that gut feeling that you're like, <laughs> you just never know what could happen. Um, yeah. and, it, and the ways in which life can bring you back to where you wanted to be and all of the different paths that you can take to get um from one place to the other is is boundless yeah and so it's it's kind of silly to me to ever think that I have enough knowledge of my life to be like I have to do this or else everything is going to go off of schedule (laughs) (laughs) because I don't I don't know the schedule I don't know the plan you don't Um, buy into it yeah you know, just go with my gut, really. That's it. Totally. So where do you see yourself three years from now? Where do I see myself? Well, you know what? I <laughs> I started making a three-year plan or five-year plan um, right at the beginning, like right after I'd booked Jagged. It was like the first time in my entire life that I had done that. And I had the five-year plan. I feel like the universe almost heard me saying it and was like, you're so funny. And then just crashed the pandemic in the wor- into the world. Oh my um, God. Because I've never, I've never had my life that planned out. But I was really like, oh yeah, I could tell you exactly what I'll be doing like two years from now. I love that. Um, that is absolutely in shambles now I have no idea anymore I truly do love New York I do I'm not just here because this is where Broadway is I'm not just here because this is where so much music is and and all of that I I I genuinely just love this city so I could see myself still living here I want to move to a a French-speaking country for like a year I, I speak French but it's I know that the best way for me to really dig into it is immersion. So I do want to go 
you know, away for a year or maybe more. Hopefully uh, creating bodies of work still music wise, doing shows, playing festivals, touring, um, all of that good stuff. Yeah. I think it's kind of almost like luxurious to, to think about that stuff now because it feels so far away um, from the next time we'll be able to do things like music festivals and, and mm -hmm. shows. Listen, I could talk to you all day long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but before we say goodbye, I, I would really, I love to ask my guests um, this, this question. What are the top three things that happened to you so far today? Today? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> oh, my roommate made me tea. <laughs> <laughs> I got a call from my mom and I talked to my mom. Oh. And it was just good to hear her voice. Mm. And Lisa, I don't, I think this is a highlight too, having this conversation. Aw, thank yeah, you. This is a good highlight. This Yay. Is, this, this is the top, this is in the top three for sure. Yeah, <laughs> mine is definitely, yep, I, I'm with you on that. <laughs> <laughs> and what are you, what are you most looking forward to today? Um, what I'm going to make for dinner. <laughs> yes. I yes. love dinner and dessert. I think you're going to, I think I'm going to do something really tasty. I think. That is a beautiful thing. Maya, I so appreciate you taking the time to be in the moment with me and sharing your story. I really, really do. And I wish you nothing but success and health. And um, I think you seem like you are really on track energetically to really take on the world inside, outside, anywhere. And I am I'm so excited to watch your journey. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, it's been such, such a pleasure chatting with you. In music, stop time is that beautiful moment where the band is suspended in rhythmic unison, supporting the soloist to express their individuality. In the moment, I encourage you to take that time and create your own rhythm. Until next time, I'm Lisa Hopkins. Thanks for listening.